Hello, my name is Kiana W. Mitchell, and I am a singer, songwriter, podcaster, and relationship coach. I am also a Christian who for years grew up in a religion that taught me to fear God instead of have a relationship with God. It wasn't until I lost my religion and developed a relationship with God that I was able to understand how much God really loved me. Each one of us have a story to tell about how we found God. Each one of us have taken a different path and a different journey to find God. So join me as we go on a journey through interviews and music to discover how people find God. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Finding God Podcast. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. Guys, this week on the podcast, we have an amazing guest. Her name is Jenny Lytle, and she has an amazing story to tell about the moment when she realized it was not about the rules, it was not about the regulations, but it was about having a relationship with God. So without further ado, here is Jenny's story of how she found God. Hello, Jenny. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great, Kiana. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. I'm super excited to have you here today. Well, I'm very excited to be here. It's a great opportunity. All right. Well, what I'm going to do, I'm just going to start by asking the question I ask every single guest. What was your childhood like? Uh, So my childhood was, um, I feel like it was fairly typical. I um, my parents were divorced. They got divorced when I was a year old. And so my dad and stepmom, um, I was with them on the weekends. They got married the day after my second birthday. And then I lived with my mom. So, um, you know, it was it, it was a good childhood overall. But when it came to, you know, kind of my church upbringing and things like that, it was a little it was a little varied. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you mean by varied? Give me an example. So my mom, she had, she had kind of grown up in church, but she had gotten away from all of that. And so I, if I was in like a church, um, you know, performance or something at Christmas time with my dad and stepmom, um, we went to church and so she would come to that, but that was about it. And my, uh, my stepmom had grown up her, um, her dad, my papa was a missionary Baptist minister And so she grew up in church and she took um, me and then my brother after he was born, you know, took us to church regularly. And my dad didn't attend when I was really young. Okay. So what was something you heard when you were younger about God that either made you feel closer to him or gave you pause and made you a little afraid of him? What was something you heard as a child that just resonated with you, good or bad? Well, I, you know, there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of things that I heard that I liked, you know, I mean, you know, God is love and, you know, Jesus loves me and all of those things that you hear as a child. But I, it really, it was kind of pivotal for me when I was a preteen, my dad who hadn't gone to church was in a bad motorcycle accident. And he, thankfully he was okay. I mean, he had some injuries, but he ended up being okay, but that was this big awakening for him. And he then came to Jesus, which 
was a good thing, but it also, he, he went, um, very extreme compared to what he had been. And so it was, you know, I felt like if, if I wasn't doing something that was, you know, directly related to church and God, then it was, um, it was bad. And so I just felt like I couldn't ever, like I couldn't ever measure up, you know, and that was not my dad's intention at all. But, but, you know, it, it, that, and just part of it, the, the church that I went to, you know, it was a lot of hellfire and brimstone. And, mm-hmm. and so it just, it made me feel like I was always, I was always kind of failing and, and that God was just, you know, kind of sitting up there waiting for me to, uh, to mess up again. <laughs> oh my goodness. I get that because that is how I felt growing up as a kid, because it was like so many rules. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up as a seven-day Adventist and so growing up in that type of environment, I mean, there were some good things about it. Like, I did, I love going to church, participating in little things. But then on the other side, it was just like, and there were some nice people there. I can't say anything about that. But then on the other side, it was just like, you have to do this. You have to do that. God's going to get you. And it's like every opportunity of your life, you were supposed to find God in it. Because I remember, and I know, like you said, what are your dad's intention? I know what are my mom's intention. But I remember her telling me that, well, God's going to hold you accountable if you had an opportunity to read something but didn't read it. I'm like, how am I supposed to know? <laughs> you know, it's almost like impossible. Like, okay, so mm-hmm. I'm going to be held accountable for something I didn't read, but should have read, but how do I know I should have read it? You know, it's one of those things. So I felt the same way. Like, it's useless. Like, no matter what I do, God's just going to get me because he's just waiting for me to fail. He's just waiting for me right. to mess up. Because it just seems so strict and so stringent mm-hmm. and just like, can I ever do anything right? It was very stressful, needless to say. Right, right. I, I I get that. And, you know, it, and I really struggled with that because, you know, I mean, I had this church life where when I was there, I was like, you know, I mean, I felt God, I felt his presence, you know, I mean, I was, I had, you know, given my heart to him when I was younger and, and I meant all of those things, but then I had my regular home life with my mom where I was a normal teenage girl and God was not at the forefront of my mind. And so I went back and forth, you know, and I felt like I didn't really um, fit in quite right in either area I get that I totally do because especially going through adolescence and preteen and being a teenager it's kind of hard to fit it in because it's like we heard all this stuff but it's hard for us to process like how does this apply to us you know Mm -hmm. in a way it sounds like you were taught and the way I was taught it was just like hard to incorporate it because I know for me it was one thing like okay so on the weekend this is what I do when I go to church during the week as soon as you know church is over this is what I can do. So I had like, I had it compartmentalized because it's like, I do this here, I act this way then. But once I'm done, I can go back, listen to voice of man. I can go back and doing all this stuff I want to do. You know, yeah. it was one of those things. So I totally understand what you're saying. So tell me a little bit about as you got older, how did this change? Or like, did you get closer to God or further away from him as you moved on maybe to college or getting a job? Like what happened after high school? So, um, I basically, you know, as I got into high school, I really, I, I quit going to my dad's as much, you know, because I was doing things with my friends and stuff on the weekends. And, and I really, um, I, I really got away from God and it wasn't, it wasn't anything that I even really realized that I missed at the time, Mm -hmm. but I made some not so great choices. And so it was, it was definitely easier just to, you know, kind of forget about the God thing for a while. Um, because all it would have done was make me feel guilty, you know, and (laughs) because there was, you know, I mean, I had that upbringing that, I mean, I knew, I knew right from wrong. And there's some things, you know, that I, that I feel much differently about 
now than I did, you know, back mm-hmm. then. But, but overall that foundation, you know, I mean, I knew, I knew what was right and what was wrong. Yeah. And so I was, um, I was definitely far from God for many, many years. And I was in a couple of not great relationships. And, um, then I met my husband when I was 21 and he had been raised Catholic and I was raised missionary Baptist and neither one of us were, you know, um, really involved in our faith at all. Um, and so, but there was a huge difference, you know, in the way that, that we were brought up and, and he used to talk about, you know, we need to take the kids to church. You know, he'd feel bad about it because he had kids um, previously and then we had two more and, and I was like, oh, you know, we're all right. We're all right. And, um, and I don't, I don't know. It was actually the kids, um, biological mom and her ex-husband <laughs> that <laughs> took some of the older ones to church and they went to this church that they, um, that the kids had enjoyed. And it was like, okay, well, let's go to it. And so we went and, and we kind of enjoyed it. It was kind of a happy medium, you know, it was a bigger church and a non-denominational. Um, so it was kind of a, a comfort zone, I guess, for both of us. And, and it was good. And so we went and then for a few years, we didn't go because life was busy and, Um, but then, and I don't even really know exactly what it was that changed that really started me pulling back, pulling me back toward God. But we started going to church more again. And, um, you know, I, one way that I really connect to God is through worship music and, and all of that. I just, that's, you know, worship music and nature. Those are my Mm -hmm. two big ones. And, and I would, I would sit there or stand there, you know, during worship and I'd cry, you know, which I'm a crier anyway. And, and I'd cry and I would just beg God, you know, please don't give up on me, but I just can't give in yet. You know, there was like this part of me that just felt like I was going to have to give up all of, I don't even know what I thought I was going to have to give up, but it just felt like there were so many rules before. And I was like, Oh, I don't know that I'm ready to be like somebody that I don't want to be, And, um, and yeah, and I struggled with that for a couple of years. I mean, where, you know, and it wasn't all the time, but, but it was, you know, probably at least once a month where I'd be boohooing and saying, you know, please don't give up on me. I just can't yet. And, um, yeah. And finally I just got, I just got tired of, of the struggle Mm -hmm. and I was just worn out. (laughs) (laughs) I get that. Oh, it's funny. I listened to your story. And like mine was kind of the opposite. I was like, I remember I was like strict on my stepkids. Like as the young kids got a little older, I was like, I kind of, I don't, maybe I didn't handle that the right way. You know, you start to see different things because my younger kids, they were just like, well, if this is how God is, and if he's just like waiting for you to fall and he's not going to save people who actually love him just because they go to church on a different day, they're like, then I don't know if I want to talk to him. I don't know if I want to like him. He just sounds vengeful. They're like, he sounds petty. That's what they say. I was like, petty? Like, oh my goodness. And then I realized, I was like, well, you know, I can't be mad at them for that because that is how I am presenting him. Like, it's, it's on me. Like, this is how, this is the person I'm showing them. They can only see mm-hmm. him through me. And mm-hmm. I'm showing them that he is petty and that he's just waiting for one little thing to get you. So then that, that began to kind of change because it was funny to do it one of our devotions. And so then I realized, I was like, yeah, um, maybe I should rethink this whole thing. And so that is when I started to change my outlook, change the way I looked at things. That's the thing that just got to me like, wow, petty. And, you know, in hindsight, I wish I had figured that out a long time ago because mm-hmm. then I could have like done things differently with the older kids instead of being so strict on what they could and couldn't do. But now, you know, I'm just like, man, yeah. So that's the thing that got me thinking. And kind of got me close to God because I realized that he wasn't petty. 
<laughs> that mm-hmm. he wasn't so vindictive as I was presenting him. So that was the thing that led me on my journey to kind of like look, read for myself, research on my own, and do things differently. But it's amazing how it was like the opposite for you. You're just like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I want to do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And isn't it funny how like our parents influence so much of our yeah. faith in the beginning, but then our kids do too. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've I've had conversations with um with some of my kids that that I'm like, oh, they, they have left me so uncomfortable, you know, when it's started out with, you know, I don't know that, I don't know, but I, I, I believe all of this stuff, you know, I don't know, but yes. I believe there is a God. And if there is, I don't know that I like the things he does. And, and I remember, I mean, when I, when my son said that to me the first time I was like, I mean, it was a gut punch, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I mean, that was like the worst thing that he could have said to me. Yeah. And but then I had a friend who, who shared with me, she said, you know, Jenny, you, you know, our kids, they, you know, when they're younger, they kind of take on our faith, but then yeah. they have to, they, then they have to figure it out and figure out what they believe and what they accept as their own, you know, and they mm-hmm. wrestle with that. And I realized, you know what, I've done the same thing. Yeah. The only thing was, and this is so ridiculous, but I was like, okay, I've had some of those same thoughts but you can't say them out loud. You know what? God can't hear them. (laughs) But I just, I thought, you know, and that's something, I mean, we still have open conversations about this. We still don't see eye to eye on it, but I mean, but I love that we are able to have this dialogue and that, um, you know, because it, it makes me, it makes me look at things differently, you know, and, and kind of dig in a little bit deeper. And there's times when I have to say, I don't know, you know, I don't understand that either, but um, you know, I think just being able to have that openness is, uh, is huge. I agree. My kids are the same way. It's one of those things, like when they were younger, I mean, so they did all this stuff. And so you think that if you kind of like indoctrinate them, they know all this stuff when they get older, it's not going to be like this, but I don't know. It's like the things I wouldn't say when I was their age, you know, they're, they're not afraid to say and boys or whatever. I might've thought it, but like you said, I never yes. said it or anything, but no, right. they, they would think they would tell me what they're thinking tell me how they feel about different things with religion and stuff and like your son you know sometimes they said well I don't believe ex- I don't exactly believe that or why did this happen or why did God do this and I'm just like I honestly don't know I can't tell you why he did it mm-hmm. you know I was like maybe you need to ask him why he did it or mm-hmm. talk to him to try to figure it out because I honestly don't know and so I've had similar conversations with my kids as well and I have come to the conclusion just like you did I was just like you know what all I can do at this point is ask God to let them know him and see him, see him for themselves, because I can't mm-hmm. tell them how God is really me because they haven't seen that and they don't know. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I think it's, it's a relationship. So they have to get to know God on their own. And there's right. nothing I can say to force them to do this or pressure them or get mad or anything like that. I just appreciate the fact that we can talk about it. And even sometimes I do kind of pick at them, like, Every weekend, my daughter, there's this, um, there's this um, thread on Reddit, and it's like, am I the butthole? And so my daughter will read it, and then she'll talk all these different scenarios. So one week, I was like, oh, I have one. And I was like, okay, so here's one. I was like, okay, so this guy wants to know, this lady wants to know if she's the butthole. And no, I said, this guy wants to know if he's the butthole. I said, okay, so here's what happened. I said, 
he had a whole bunch of brothers and he thinks that his dad might like him better than the rest of them. And he had this dream how everyone was bowing down to him. He got this special coat. They're like, mom, we know what you're doing. This is just the story of Joseph. <laughs> I said, wait, wait, let me finish. They're like, no, we know exactly what this is. But it was just funny how I tried to throw that in and they figured out what I was doing. They're like, no, we know what you're doing. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, so I just find it like fun times to like, throw things in because now I used to have to bust with them every single night but now I don't force them to do it I do pray with them before they go to school but I'm just like I'm not going to force this on them this is something they have to know now of course I talk about God all the time he's always present but I'm not going to force them to try to think the way I think or do what I'm going to do because I just think at the end of the day you know God gave me these kids this is for him to do he needs to get to know them I can't force it because I'm just going to make it worse. So I, right. I get where you're coming from 100%. Yeah. And I think that's so great too, you know, because it's when we try to force our kids to do anything, you know, I mean, that's a lot of things have changed in the, in the years, but that's yeah. something that hasn't, you know, yeah. when, when, when parents try to force you to do something, I mean, you rebel. And especially yeah. now, I mean, I think like several years ago, we didn't rebel maybe as openly, mm -hmm. but now it's, I mean, kids have so much information at their fingertips yes. and, you know, so they're, they're looking into a lot of things and they, and they've got to sort it all out. You know, we can't, we can't block everything that they're able to view and check out, you know, we've got to, mm -hmm. we've got to let them figure it out. And that's tough. I think that's one of the mm -hmm. hardest parts of being a parent is, you know, wanting to save your kids from some of your own mistakes. <laughs> no, it is. And I know with me, I grew up in a very sheltered environment. So then once I was allowed to like be out of it, I would do all kinds of stuff. And then I'd go to clubs, go to parties, do all kinds of things. But then on Saturday, I was in church. Like I never did anything. And I'm just like, well, you know, I'm kind of, I was doing what I wasn't supposed to do to begin with. And like I tell people, I think the only thing that saved me from a lot of things is because I'm very logical and even at that young age well even as a young adult teenager I would be like hmm this doesn't seem like a good idea and is this worth the trouble I'm probably going to get myself into if I do that and most of the time it wasn't so I was just like okay so I'm not doing that so a lot of things I did it wasn't because I was such a good kid but it looked like it it's just that I just realized um consequence is not worth it <laughs> it's just not worth my while to do this thing so I realized that with that, you know, I rebelled like at a later stage, even though I don't think my rebellion was like, well, people laugh at it because all I did was like, listen to secular music. I wasn't allowed to do that. Went to a couple of dances, but then decided not to because I was just like, it's a fire hazard. Too many people, one way in, one way out. I'm just, you know, I wasn't feeling the whole club scene. It was just too hot, too many people. So, but you know, that was what my rebellious things looked like. And I don't want them to... You know, I realize I can't save them from everything, but I do want them to be aware of their surroundings, know that this, you know, there's a world out there, but you have to make good decisions. You have to ask God to help you because we can't shield them from every little thing that's happening in the world. They have to know how to ask God for help, you know, and navigate through this. So mm -hmm. I'm a hundred percent with what you said. Absolutely. Yes. And it just, you know, when I finally like gave, when I finally decided to give in. Um, and I, I remember it was just, you know, I finally, I was like, I don't know, I don't know what it is that you want for me, you know, <laughs> but, but whatever it is, I, I give, I, I give up, you know, just, um, you know, do what you want and, 
I remember like nothing big changed other than I felt like this huge sense of relief. And I was like, oh, well, wait, so like, I don't have to stop doing everything that I enjoy doing, you know, and it was just in realizing that it was, you know, instead of being so rules focused, like I had always felt like it was, Mm -hmm. um, that it really is about a relationship and, you know, that that's what God wants from us. And that is so freeing. Yes. And I just love the, the, you know, when, when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? Mm -hmm. And, you know, he says to, you know, love God above all else and then to love your neighbor as yourself. And I, I'm like, well, that's, and I, I kind of misunderstood that to begin with. I was like, wait a minute. So, so like none of the other commandments matter. And I was trying to explain it to my husband and he goes, what? So the 10 commandments don't matter. And I was like, no, I don't think that's right. But <laughs> and then I said, oh, well, no, but hold on. Like if you do though, if you, if you love God and you love people, then the 10 commandments, all that stuff's going to fall yes, in. So exactly. It's not that they don't matter, <laughs> but I was like, I was a little confused in the beginning, but, but then it was like, that's so I mean, that's just so simple. Yeah. It's not always easy, um, mm-hmm. but it's simple. And, and that's kind of what led me then to, to want to do, you know, the work that I'm doing now too, is because I, I really, I feel like there's so many people who follow God, who right. really don't, um, don't take care of themselves because they're so busy taking care of everybody else and serving everybody else. And so it's, you know, kind of finding that balance because it's, you know, loving your neighbor as yourself. So (laughs) I like that. So tell me briefly a little bit about the work that you do. I know you say you do something with helping people take care of themselves. How do you do that? Like, what do you do? Yeah. So um, I've been a nurse for 28 years. And so I've, you know, I've I've worked with a lot of people that way, but, but really through kind of my own burnout journey and um, just kind of a a big loss of who I was just trying to figure out, you know, who am I really? And, and finding, you know, my identity outside of my work, then I realized how much I love working with women and with caregivers who are struggling with those same things where they, you know, they're, they're doing kind of everything on autopilot and they're taking care of everybody else, whether it be, you know, family members or, you know, it may be kids or parents or, or other family members, or maybe they're teachers or they're in the healthcare profession, you know, they're taking care of everybody else and they feel like, oh, well, either sometime I'll get around to me. That doesn't happen or, um, or it's selfish to take care of myself. And, you know, the thing is, I mean, it's like the whole thing with the oxygen mask and all of that, you know, you have to put your own on first because otherwise you're not going to be able to help other people. And, and so, you know, helping them to see that, you know, not only is it not selfish, but it's something that really is, it's the way that you can continue to show up as the best version of you for the people that you do care about. And, and the same with, you know, serving in church and all of that, you know, I mean, God, God took a Sabbath, you know, for a reason. And it was to show us that that's something, you know, we need that rest built yeah. into our lives. And it's, uh, it's very easy to not do that. And I, I love, I listened to, um, your episode with, uh, Shannon Monet. Yes. And I was like, oh, I am, I'm like, you know, talking into my phone while I'm driving um, <laughs> because I was like, oh, that was good. And she said, um, she said something and here she is, you know, 15, but what she said, I think is so, um, was just so profound. She said, it's not that God is silent. 
it's that the distractions are too loud. Yes. And yes. I was like, oh, because how many times have I, you know, well, I'm not hearing from God anymore. Well, it's because I keep piling on and piling on, mm -hmm. you know, and, but when we just take that time to, you know, to spend with him and be quiet and, and let him talk to instead of just all of the, you know, talking his ear off, but not giving him the chance to respond, then amazing things can happen. I liked it. That is so true. Because when she said that, I was blown away. I was like, yeah, that is true. Because at the time I was dealing with a lot of things. I was running, running. And it's so important, like you said, to take care of yourself first. Because like it says in the Bible, how can we love our neighbor as ourselves if we're not taking care of ourselves? You know, right. we're not going to take care of our neighbor. Everybody's not going to be get what they need to get. So I absolutely love that. So let me ask you a question. If there is someone out there who's actively looking for God, what advice would you give them? Actively looking for God. God. Okay. Um, okay. So if somebody is actively looking for God, I would say, um, mm, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I would say just start out with talking to him. Um, and it may feel kind of weird at first. And, and, you know, you may think that you don't know how to do it. And you know, I've looked for 12,000 right ways to pray, but you know, especially in the beginning, just, I mean, just to have a conversation, just kind of pour your heart out. And that's the thing. I mean, God knows your heart more than, and cares more about your heart than the, the actual words that you're saying or the format that you're putting it in. And, um, you know, just don't give up. You, you feel that pull for a reason. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, it, when I think of all of the ways, all of the times that God showed up for me that I didn't even like realize or acknowledge at that time, you know, I, I, I wasted a lot of time, but, um, you know, I would say definitely, you know, reach out to him that way. And, you know, if you have friends or a, um, you know, somebody in the church that maybe you respect enough to, you know, be able to ask questions, um, you know, you can pull out the Bible and start reading some of it for yourself, especially, you know, like the um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where you can kind of see just how, how Jesus is. And, and I think then it's easier to realize that it's not about the rules and that, um, I mean, he just loves us. Yeah, no, that's true. And I love that too, because the, those four books let you see how, you know, Jesus didn't go by the rules back then. He did mm -hmm. what his father wanted him to do. So I love mm -hmm. that. That is so true. Well, thank you so much, Jenny, for being a guest on the Finding God podcast. It was a pleasure having you, and I enjoyed our conversation. Oh, me too. Thanks so much, Kiana. You're welcome. Wow, what an amazing story. I especially love the part when Jenny talks about how she was talking to her husband, and she was like, yeah, so I don't think the rules matter. And he's like, so there's no rules? And it took her a while to figure out it's not so much about the rules, it's about that relationship with God. And once you have that relationship and you don't focus on the rules and you focus on having a relationship with God, then the rules will follow. And see, I think that's the thing. I mean, I know a lot of Christians who are afraid to actually realize that it is about a relationship with God because they're like, well, what about rules? What about this? And I don't think that God ever intended for us to have a relationship with him based on rules and regulations. I think he wanted us to have a relationship with him based on a relationship. You know, if your relationship with your significant other or with your kids was all about rules, that's it. If they broke a rule, there was a punishment. They did this, it was a punishment. You wouldn't really have a relationship. 
because you wouldn't be able to get a chance to know someone. You wouldn't be able to do things for someone because you actually love them and you care about them. It would be about do this, do this, do that. Give me a hug now. Give me a kiss now. Do this, do that. And that's not what relationships are about. Relationships are about love and trust. And that is what God wants to have with us, a relationship with him. And by having a relationship with God and spending time with him, we are going to do those things anyway, not because we have to, but because we want to, because we have that relationship. And so I think that is what it is all about. I absolutely love this interview. Now, the song we're going to listen to today is called New Level, and it is by our Artist of the Week, Harvest. So here is the song, New Level. How many of y'all know that God is real? So because we know that he's real, we ain't caring about nothing that the devil's talking about. Because we know who we are, we know who we serve, we know our God is a real God. He's the king, he sits high, he looks low. And because of that, we worship with our life, and we're going to level up. Let's God go. is real, give a care about the devil. Real king's kid, I ain't trying to hear another. Yeah, he got me covered, fake, rocking new level. Unashamed, worship with my life, because I love him. 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 God's good, knew me before he formed me The mastermind behind this flow masterpiece Full of purpose, he's at harvest, walking destiny I increase so he increase, I'm his mouthpiece Be the sauce in my drip, I be shining light Fire fly, I can't hide even if I try High beam LED, so I glow so bright But it's the Christ in me, watch him light up the night I fly high like an eagle, I rise Above all the drama and the stress, I rise Above all the worry and the mess, I rise Above all the fear and foolishness, I rise God is real, give a care about the devil. Real king's kid, I ain't trying to hear another. Yeah, he got me covered, fake, walking new level. Unashamed, worship with my life, cause I love him. 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 Yeah, I worship with my life, cause I love him. First breaker, first shaker. You better know he's a real yoke taker. Not a faker, but peacemaker. And I know that he's a real chain breaker. podcast i would like to thank you so much for being here with me today and for listening to another episode about how people find god if you love the podcast as much as i like spending time with you i encourage you to share this week's episode with a friend or family member and to make sure you like and follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts i will also love it if you would leave a review for the podcast so that you can let me know how much you are enjoying the show if you would like to get in contact with me Harvest, or Jenny. All of our contact information can be found in the show notes, and all you have to do is click on the links below 
and you will definitely be able to get in contact with us. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, click on the email address in the show notes and let me know that you would like to be a guest and I will make sure that I get in contact with you and schedule a day and time for you to record an interview. If you would like to submit a song to the podcast, click on the email address in the show notes and send me an email letting me know that you would like to submit a song for the show. In this email, send me a picture, a short bio, and an mp3 of the song you would like to submit. Well, I think that's all for now. So until next week, have an amazing day and a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye.